1 Samuel chapter 23. It was reported to David, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and raiding the threshing floors. So David inquired of the Lord, Should I launch an attack against these Philistines? The Lord answered David, Launch an attack against the Philistines and rescue Keilah. But David's men said to him, Look, we're afraid here in Judah. How much more if we go to Keilah against the Philistine forces? Once again, David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him, Go at once to Keilah, for I will hand the Philistines over to you. Then David and his men went to Keilah, fought against the Philistines, drove their livestock away, and inflicted heavy losses on them. So David rescued the inhabitants of Keilah. Abiathar, son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Keilah, and he brought an ephod with him. So it was reported to Saul that David had gone to Keilah. He said, God has handed him over to me, for he has trapped himself by entering a town with barred gates. Then Saul summoned all the troops to go to war at Keilah and besieged David and his men. When David learned that Saul was plotting evil against him, he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod. Then David said, Lord God of Israel, your servant has heard that Saul intends to come to Keilah to destroy the town because of me. Will the citizens of Keilah hand me over to him? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? Lord God of Israel, please tell your servant. The Lord answered, he will come down. Then David asked, will the citizens of Keilah hand me and my men over to Saul? They will. The Lord responded. So David and his men, numbering about 600, left Keilah at once and moved from place to place. When it, re- when it was reported to Saul that David had escaped from Keilah, he called off the expedition. David then stayed in the wilderness strongholds and in the hill country of the wilderness of Ziph. Saul searched for him every day, but God did not hand David over to him. David was in the wilderness of Ziph in Horesh when he saw that Saul had come out to take his life. Then Saul's son, Jonathan, came to David in Horesh and encouraged him in his faith in God, saying, Don't be afraid, for my father Saul will never lay a hand on you. You yourself will be king over Israel, and I'll be your second in command. Even my father Saul knows it's true. Then the two of them made a covenant in the Lord's presence. 
Afterward, David remained in Horesh while Jonathan went home. Some Ziphites came up to Saul at Gibeah and said, David is hiding among us in the strongholds in Horesh on the hill of Hakalah, south of Jeshimon. Now, whenever the king wants to come down, let him come down. Our part will be to hand him over to the king. May you be blessed by the Lord, replied Saul, for you have taken pity on me. Go and check again, investigate and watch carefully where he goes and who he has and who has seen him. Watch where he goes and who has seen him there. They tell me he is extremely cunning. Look and find out all the places where he hides. Then come back to me with accurate information and I'll go with you. It turns out he really is in, if it turns out he is really in the region, I'll search for him along all the clans of Judah. So they went to Ziph instead of Saul. Now David and his men were in the wilderness near Maon, in the Arabah, south of Jeshimon. And Saul and his men went to look for him. When David was told about it, he went down to the rock and stayed in the wilderness of Maon. Saul heard of this and pursued David there. Saul went along one side of the mountain, and David and his men went along the other side. Even though David was hurrying to get away from Saul, Saul and his men were closing in on David and his men to capture them. Then a messenger came to Saul, saying, Come quickly, because the Philistines have raided the land. So Saul broke off his pursuit of David and went to engage the Philistines. Therefore, that place was named the Rock of Separation. From there, David went up and stayed in the strongholds of Engedi. First Corinthians chapter four. A person should consider us in this way as servants of Christ and managers of God's mysteries. In this regard, it is expected of managers that each one of them be found faithful. It is of little importance to me that I should be evaluated by you or by any human court. In fact, I don't even evaluate myself, for I am not conscious of anything against myself, 
but I am justified by this. The one who evaluates me is the Lord. Therefore, don't judge anything prematurely before the Lord comes, who will both bring to light what is hidden in darkness and reveal the intentions of the hearts. And then praise will come to each one from God. Now, brothers, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the same. Nothing beyond what is written. The purpose is that none of you will be inflated with pride in favor of one person over another. For who makes you so superior? What do you have that you didn't receive? If, in fact, you did receive it, why do you boast as if you hadn't received it? You are already full. You are already rich. You have begun to reign as kings without us. And I wish you did reign so that we could also reign with you. For I think God has displayed us, the apostles, in last place. Like men condemned to die, we have become a spectacle to the world and to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. Up to the present hour, we are both hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clothed, roughly treated, homeless. We labor, working with our own hands. While we are reviled, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we respond graciously. Even now, we are like the world's garbage, like the dirt everyone scrapes off their sandals. I'm not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. For you, have, for you can have 10,000 instructors in Christ, but you can't have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. This is why I have sent Timothy to you. He is my dearly loved and faithful son in the Lord. He will remind you about my ways in Christ Jesus.
just as I teach everywhere in the church. Now some are inflated with pride, as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will know not the talk, but the power of those who are inflated with pride. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. What do you want? Should I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? Ezekiel chapter 2. He said to me, Son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak with you as he spoke to me the spirit entered me and set me on my feet and i listened to the one who was speaking to me he said to me son of man i am sending you to the israelites to the rebellious pagans who have rebelled against me the israelites and their ancestors have transgressed against me to this day. The children are obstinate and hard-hearted. I am sending you to them, and you must say to them, this is what the Lord God says, whether they listen or refuse to listen, for they are a rebellious house. They will know that a prophet has been among them. But you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words, though briars and thorns are beside you and you live among scorpions. Don't be afraid of their words or be discouraged by the look on their faces, for they are a rebellious house. But speak my words to them, whether they listen or refuse to listen. For they are rebellious, and you, son of man, listen to what I tell you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I am giving you. So I looked and saw a hand reaching out to me, and there was a written scroll in it. When he unrolled it before me, it was written on the front and back words of lamentation mourning and woe were written on it psalm 38 lord do not punish me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath for your arrows have sunk into me and your hand has pressed down on me There is no soundness in my body because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my inequities have flooded over my head. They are a burden too heavy for me to bear. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. I am bent over and brought very low. All day long I go around in mourning, for my insides are full 
of burning pain, and there is no soundness in my body. I am faint and severely crushed. I groan because of the anguish of my heart. Lord, my desire, my every desire is in front of you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart races. My strength leaves me. And even the light of my eyes has faded. My loved ones and friends stand back from my affliction. And my relatives stand at a distance. Those who intend to kill me set traps. And those who want to harm me threaten to destroy me. They plot treachery all day long. I am like a deaf person. I do not hear. I am like a speechless person who does not open his mouth. I am like a man who does not hear and has no arguments in his mouth. For I put my hope in you, Lord. You will answer me, my Lord, my God. For I said, Don't let them rejoice over me, those who are arrogant toward me when I stumble, for I am about to fall, and my pain is constantly with me. So I confess my iniquity. I am anxious because of my sin, but my enemies are vigorous and powerful. Many hate me for no reason. Those who repay evil for good Attack me for pursuing good. Lord, do not abandon me. My God, do not be far from me. Hurry to help me, my Lord, my salvation.